with Swavey. By this time, you should know whose voice it is, but if you're not familiar, and this is your first time listening to this podcast, I would like to introduce myself. But before I do, let me thank you, the listeners, the viewers, the audience who sits through my voice <laughs> in your eardrums for however long these episodes last and you love it you share it you support it you 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 leave reviews and you just show love i appreciate you from the bottom of my soul and you're goaded i just need you to know that welcome to fantasy vibes i'm your host moon vibes and i fell in love with fantasy football a couple years ago 2016 to be exact and I've been playing and giving fantasy football for the last 10 plus years. And over the last two years, this will be my second year going into it that I've been giving out my advice, my expertise to the people that's out here on planet Earth, whoever comes across this content, because I finally had to realize I'm, I'm an analyst. I'm not an expert. <laughs> you have to notice you have to. On today's episode, we're going to do a mental check-in and real talk coming up very shortly. We're going to talk about a boatload of running backs. We're going to dive into some factor fiction with those running backs. And cherry on top, we have the main entree. And I won't reveal that just yet because I want you to stay tuned. And I can't get you too excited. But you can't forget we got moon's mail back coming up as well all of this and more is coming on this episode of fantasy vibes so sit back relax and enjoy yourself turn the volume up and let's get into it starting off with real talk presented by real ones productions breathe in breathe out breathe in breathe out voila you just meditated dang it's really that simple yeah it's that simple <laughs> like for real it's that simple i'm just now being put on to the greatness of meditation and what it does for me in my personal life on a daily basis taking the time to focus on myself has been something that has been very therapeutic but also very needed and i've had to force it upon myself like hey moon you're not going to shoot anything today so you need to make a concerted effort to focus on the inner you focus on the star player as cat williams would say and in focusing on a star player, I started to understand that you have to be unapologetic about it because people won't put you first all the time, but you got to put yourself first all the time as well. Now, this is not me saying be selfish, but it is me saying when it comes to your mental health, you have to be selfish. The reason why this topic is of importance is because over the last couple of days, specifically the last couple of weeks since I've been in the Twitter sphere, since I joined in June of 2021, I've been seeing a lot of people out there telling me, Hey, Moon Vibes. They're not telling me that specifically, but if you tweet it out and I'm following you, then I'm, I guess you're just telling me I'm not really good with my mental health right now. <laughs> like, I got to take some time away. And it's like, I get it, bro. I, I really get it, sis. Like, I, I get it. I promise you I get it. I'll give you an example of why I get it in a second, but this has really stimulated this conversation this is why i'm starting off this episode with this version of real talk because at the end of the day in the beginning of every morning you have to be able to hone in and focus on yourself so 
As you start the episode, I want you to do something with me. Say self. Not for real. Say self. Yourself gonna say, hmm. <laughs> How are you doing today? That's the real essential question. How are you really feeling today? Self. Now yourself can say a lot of different things depending on your mood, where you are right now, if you're hangry and you need a Snickers, because you know, Snickers satisfies. <laughs> By the end of the day, all jokes aside, mental health is a serious thing. And I didn't really understand how serious it is until I had to ask myself these questions back in 2016 when I felt myself slipping down a downward spiral that I couldn't catch any grip with. The only thing that really saved me was my faith. And no, I'm not going to beat you over the head with my religious. I'm not religious at all. I'm very spiritual, but it's not even really about that. But I would be stupid if i didn't mention that my spirituality had a lot to do with me coming out of that deep hole that i was in because i was really in a depression i had suicidal thoughts did not want to be here on this planet anymore in fact i was trying to go to saturn real talk <laughs> that's what this segment is for i was trying to go to saturn back in 2016 picture this a lot of things going on in the world 2016 like i said in one of my articles was one of the craziest years that i can remember and i don't want people to get so caught up in 2020 that they totally just forget about how savage a year 2020 actually was and i mean savage like there was no break every day it felt like something was popping off every day like it's it's something else that's happened whether there's a presidential election and everything going on with that and what do i believe and what do i not believe whether there was zika virus whether it was uh what was going on with the olympics whether it was the deaths and the the people that we lost david bowie muhammad ali prince like the the list goes on arnold palmer like there's a lot of people i know i mentioned say uh christian mccaffrey is <laughs> fantasy football's white chocolate willy wonka but Gene Wilder passed away that way that year too. So it was lost unimaginable. And then on top of that, we had to deal with clowns. We had to deal with Harambe. We had to deal with a lot that year. So again, I don't want people to get so caught up in the fact that 2020 was just an overall poop show that we forget how damaging 20. 16 was a lot happened that year and a lot happened to me in my personal life and when it comes to relationships now when it comes to those relationships that i was in romantic to be exact it left me at a feeling uh, a place where i was feeling less than worthy not understanding what my true worth was on my last episode i talked to you about on my previous episodes, I talked to you about what is worth and how do you categorize worth in fantasy football. But at that point in time, I didn't really know the worth of myself at that time because I was taking what other people looked at me as and putting that on myself when I didn't know myself at that time. I hadn't taken the time to know myself. I'm caught up in the hustles and bustles of life, of working, trying to make it as a DJ and a musician at the same time as I'm trying to just feel love from anybody, anybody. And at the end of the day, I find myself very lonely. So I had to ask myself the same question that I just asked you not that long ago. Self, myself said, hmm, how are you doing today? Like for real, for real. And overall, my answer that I felt was not so good, Moon Vibes. Not so good. 
if you got to that point today maybe you asked yourself that question for the first time maybe this is something that's totally foreign to you so you've never had to really say to yourself and check in maybe you're not used to that maybe you think that well what does this have anything to do with fantasy football i'll explain shortly because this is an inclusive podcast where we talk about life stuff and we talk about the correlation between life and fantasy football because it's directly affected but when we get down to the nitty-gritty i had to ask myself those questions to pull me out of a slump and my faith helped me get out of it and also the game of fantasy football helped me get out of it because i just needed something to have hope in i just needed to feel like i was doing good at something i dominated my year that my league that year it was it wasn't even close however it gave me a spark it gave me a spark and in, in darkness all you need sometimes is a little bit of spark just to give you some type of hope and at that point before fantasy football was really taken seriously by me i didn't really have that hope so on this episode of real talk and i know i see a lot of people talking about their mental health on twitter and i i, I tell you hey do not apologize for taking time for yourself everybody burns out everybody burns out whether it's mentally physically emotionally spiritually every way that you could think of people burn out every single day but the question is are you going to stay where you are or are you going to self-diagnose and self-medicate and show self-awareness to revolutionize the way you think about yourself to pull you out of that slump to tell yourself say self myself say, hmm, how are you doing today and on today i'm feeling like i'm ready to spread this radiant energy to you but that's real talk check in with yourself during this time because it's very 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 important and i cannot stress that enough shout out to everybody that i see and follow on twitter because not only are you appreciated and not only do i see you but if you're dealing with something and you feel like verbalizing on there hey man hit me up you never know we could also share experiences we never know how we can connect unless we actually talk and try so let's connect hit me up at ff moon vibes on twitter and even if you're not on twitter you could connect with me still and i'll tell you how to do that at the very end of the show and that's real talk presented by real ones productions coming up next on the show we have my one of my favorite segments of the show factor fiction because i just get the chance to just lay it on you and tell you what it is and not even hold back and just tell you what news i'm believing and what news i'm not believing so right now we got some running backs that's in the news and four to be exact I'm gonna talk about all four of them, but all four of them, it's uh, two of them are in the same backfield. So that's like, whoa, bruh, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, it's not Kareem and Nick Chubb. <laughs> it's not. But <laughs> this dude that I'm, the, the two guys I'm about to talk about are in a running back by committee. And even though the coach doesn't wanna come out and say that, new head coach, that should give you a hint of who it is. They don't want to come out and say it, but it's the backfield is looking murky when it comes to fantasy football. But in real life, because there's a merger between real life and fantasy, we gotta we gotta understand that and how it correlates to fantasy football is because fantasy football helped save my life when it came to 2016. So I realized them how fantasy can affect your reality, but in this reality, 
it's not that bad because we're entering into a 17 game season and you want to keep your running backs healthy and fresh, especially if you plan on making a deep playoff run. And even if you can't make the playoffs and your team is just not that talented, you still want to preserve your running backs, especially since their shelf life is already murky to be exact. And people don't want to look at them as highly important and nor uh, deserving to be of the big bucks. And there's only a few guys that you can pay that, that top tier money. But I talk about a rookie that just got drafted out of the University of Clemson and also a player that went undrafted last year that basically played like he was deserving of a new contract. And that was on the year one. I'm talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars backfield and we'll get to James Robinson and Travis Etienne. Now, let's start with James first. James, he's dealing with new head coach Urban Meyer, but he came out and said that James Robinson is one of my favorite guys. I can't name a harder worker right now on our team. And that started in January all, all the way through June now. So I love that guy. So when we look at it from a fantasy perspective, we can't always believe coach speak. But if I'm looking at Urban Meyer as a whole and Daryl Bevel, who both want to run the ball, except if you're Daryl Bevel in the Super Bowl, you don't want to run the ball on the one yard line, get the ball to Marshawn Lynch, Daryl. Give it to Dar <laughs> give it to Marshawn Lynch, Daryl. Seahawks fans still probably can't get over that. I feel your pain, man. The real issue that we're going to talk about when it comes to James Robinson is, is he going to be, is he going to get the volume? Is he going to get the targets? Is he is he going to get the goal line touches, valuable goal line touches? Is he going to get the red zone attempts? Is he going to be the primary back majority of the time? These are all questions that need to be answered. Is Travis Etienne going to siphon some of the touches away from him at the goal line? That's something that needs to be answered. A lot of people have him as a low-end RB2, so in that 20, 20 to 24 range, or even if you want to push down to even further, RB3 range with 25 to 28, maybe even 29 range. I don't even see him dropping out the top 30 as far as running backs. But a lot of people, are, I feel like, are misdiagnosing this situation. And the reason why is that I understand, we don't understand if he's going to be <laughs> at a place where he's getting 15 carries a game. But let's just face it, Buddy was very productive last year in his role that he had. Extremely productive. <laughs> like, from a fantasy perspective... He, you couldn't ask for more from James Robinson, especially in an offense that was dormant, not fun to watch. Besides him, there was no star on that offense. You think I'm about to watch Gardner Minshew? No. I love the beard, but no. <laughs> I'm not about to watch him. I'm watching James Robinson. That was box office last year for them. And he... I could put LaVisca Chenault, and I could talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars defense as well, and Josh Allen, for example, who was a joy to watch last year. I could talk about them being on defense this year with the money that they use in free agency. All across the board. But do we really believe this coach speak that James Robinson will be the hammer? I don't think so. And I'm going to lean with fiction. Even though I want to say fact because... I don't doubt that Urban loves him, but I do doubt that he loves James Robinson more than he loves Carlos Hyde because this is basic. Carlos Hyde and James and Urban Meyer, <laughs> they got a good history together. That's evident. It's not hard to miss at all. And if we're being honest, that leads me to my next guy, Travis Etienne, who Jacksonville Jaguars beat writer John Shipley said that Travis Etienne is expected to be the primary pass catcher at running back for the position in 2021. Now, 
We talk about goal line carries. We talk about goal line snaps. Snaps overall, just snap percentage overall. Carries. Can ETN get about 10 plus <laughs> touches a game? That would be ideal. Especially if we're talking about intended touches. It's, it's intended touches, meaning that they schemed him to get the ball, regardless of the success of the play. They schemed him to get the ball. Could I see about 10 to 15 for him? Yeah. But if what we just said is true about James Robinson really, truly, and undoubtedly being that guy that's being the hammer, pound you, pound you, pound you, pound you, until you're a nail that is permanently driven into the wood, it's hard for me to also see Travis Etienne getting a considerable workload. workload. Why? Because Carlos Hyde is there. And I think he's someone that's not getting talked about enough. So what it's looking like to me is a running back by committee where they're going to have Carlos Hyde and James Robinson being the splitter of the carries and then put maybe put Travis Etienne on third down. But the thing is, you're asking a lot out of a rookie, especially in pass protection on third down. That's a lot to ask. Could he get eight to 10 carries a game? Sure, he could. I don't, but I don't, it, I, I, it's very, very hard to see that playing out, especially on the ground, not as a pass catcher. We heard about him running routes in, in minicamp at wide receivers. So we got to take that into consideration and put that on the table. But this situation is very murky. And if I had to say fact or fiction on a Travis Etienne was going to be the Jaguars primary pass catching back, I'm going to say fact, because why not use him at what he's good at? The thing is, you don't want to just depend on him in that way. So it's going to be fun to see all of this, how it plays out, especially since Tim Tebow can come in and wreck all of this by stealing touchdowns from all of them. <laughs> I, I kid you not, even Trevor Lawrence. Coming up next in Factor Fiction, I'll talk about another running back that is on the Chicago Bears and head coach Matt Nagy recently said in an interview Depending on what the game is, what's happened in the last couple of years and why some of David's carries, which aren't low, haven't been quite as high, is a lot of guys get in, get it in into a four-minute mode in the fourth quarter. That's where you can get those extra four or five carries, which can bump them into the top five range with 20 rushes a game. And that's our goal. Tariq Cohen, like I said in the last episode, I don't know if he's going to be back, and I'm standing 10 toes down on that for him not being ready for week one just because he hasn't practiced yet, and that's kind of discouraging to see. So that means that David Montgomery is going to have an even heavier workload in the situation with him receiving 16.5 rushing attempts in 2020. Now, to put that in context, Derrick Henry had 23.6 rushing attempts a game. Dalvin Cook had 22.3 rushing attempts a game. They were the only two running backs to receive over 20 rushing attempts a game. That averaged over 20 rushing attempts a game. If David Montgomery hits this mark truly, and they use him as the bell cow in this offense, I could see a situation where it comes in. Now, I understand they have a backup running back that's just signed there that I'm not going to mention his name. I'm going to mention him in a later episode. But he could come in and steal some time and steal some shine away from it. But I don't look at him as that guy. I look at him as a as a spell, spell running back that could come in just to give David Montgomery a breather. But if you look at the rapport, I've been seeing a lot of videos between David Montgomery and Mac Nagy, and they seem like they have a good relationship. 
But we'll see what their relationship is actually like this year when you factor in that <laughs> more positive game scripts is going to lead to the Bears being in different situations this year as far as that schedule. And if you talk about intent, you can have the intent because intent is important, very important. So I love their intent to say we need to depend on the ground game. But me, it's like, dang, do I am I got to do I have to be one of those people that says, you know what? I have to wait to see it to believe it. I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to say is I'm going to take what I saw last year and bank on that. So if he gets 16.5 rushing attempts in 2021, hey, I love it because he finished his running back number four last year in PPR points per reception. So that's what's going on right now with David Montgomery. And last but not least, we talk about a running back that, according to Patriots analyst Mike Rice, Mike Rice, Damian Harris enters the 2021 NFL season as a surefire number one option in the Patriots backfield. And that's kind of hard to believe, right? Especially when you look at them drafting Ramon J. Stevenson, 120th overall in the 2021 NFL draft. The fact that they still have Sonny Michelle, the fact that they still have James White as a pass catching back. And that's solidified more than ever since they brought him back. And then you look at the fact that Damian Harris averaged 13.7 rushing attempts per game in 2020. But the deeper stat is that he only played 40% of the snaps. Just 40. That's not even including that he missed time doing the injuries. And that's not just this year, but really since he's been in the league. And you talk about the fact that they have Cam Newton. And he could take away some touchdown upside from Damian Harris as well. However... This is where I look at it and I say, hmm, look deeper than the surface. Let's go deeper. I understand people have him in that low RB2. So similar to what I was saying, like uh, that 20 to 24 range for RBs or high RB3, which is about 25 to about 28, 29 in that range. Similar to what I talked about with James, James Robinson. But at the end of the day, what I read today from Coach Bill Belichick and his quote gave me optimism, and this is the reason why. How rare is it to hear you hear Coach Belichick actually give praise to a player? And when, it, when he does give it, it's like shocking almost. And you almost have to believe it because he doesn't give that. He's more of a on to Cincinnati-ish type of guy. <laughs> like He's on to the next game. He's not trying to elaborate in full detail for real. And honestly, I think he's been playing games with the media this whole time because he just doesn't want them to know too much. But what he said about Damian Harris was Harris is off to a really good start in preparation for the season. <laughs> he talked extensively about Damian Harris saying that Damian works extremely hard at all phases, certainly his conditioning and training, running game, Running game, passing game, protection, route running, catching the ball. He's got a lot of skill. He contributed in a variety of ways, and he's looking to upgrade where he is in every area. When I read that quote, it's like, dang, man, you can't really believe coach speak. But then I look at the coach that actually spoke it, and I'm saying, oh, my gosh, this came from Bill Belichick. Could this finally be the year where they say, and they suck it up and say, oh, my goodness, we have a stud on our hands. Let's unleash him. Let's just unleash him. <laughs> I know we got it. I know we can do it by committee, and I know that the New England Patriots are a team that schemes around their opponent. Meaning that if you are trash against a run and your run defense is horrible, they're about to run it fifty times on you. 
But if your pass defense is horrible, hey, they're going to adjust and pass the ball 50 times on you. That's the New England Patriots. That's who they've always been. So if I'm taking what he said and I have to give fact and fiction, my mind is telling me, no, stay away. Stay all the way away. But when I look at his ADP, people get him in the sixth round of their drafts. It's like, why not? If I can draft a running back, like I said in the previous episodes, if I can draft a running back and have him start off the offseason as a RB3 and somehow some way turns into a high-end RB2 or a RB1 in some cases, and I see people drafting him as their RB1 because they believe that much, that is like hitting a gold mine. And what did I tell you before in a previous episode? I said, you have to look for those flashes. Last year, we saw those flashes with Damien. And it was very brilliant to see when you talk about 20 yard runs, you talk about explosiveness, you talk about shiftiness, you talk about hitting the roll, hitting the right hole, pause, <laughs> hitting the right hole and exploding and, and, and that transition between speed and acceleration, the physicality that's kind of come back to bite him sometimes because of how physical he is. But we already been seeing the flash when he was at Alabama. Now we're in a situation with that Alabama player under Bill Belichick's tutelage. He is now in a situation where it seems like he's going to come into his own this year. And if I have to go factor fiction based on what I feel, undoubtedly, I'm going to tell you that Damian Harris, I believe it. I say fact. He is a surefire number one option in the Patriots backfield. Notice that he said that they say that he's not the only option. Now I'm not getting, I'm not gonna go that far, but I will say I don't trust Sony Michelle, barely trust James White. But at the end of the day, Damian Harris, if you checking all these boxes and you saying that you're working on your pass protection, route running, catching the ball, passing game, running game, conditioning and training, he's trying to improve in every every area. That alone in itself tells me he's trying to be on the field as a three down back and not coming off and everybody else is going to have to wait their turn or transfer. <laughs> I said transfer like this is college. I mean, a hey, hit that hit that waiver wire. Oh, I said waiver wire like this is fantasy football. Oh, it is fantasy football. But in real life football, hey, you got to have to go to another team because he's that guy for the news and notes courtesy of fantasy pros. This is fact of fiction exclusively on fantasy vibes. Coming up next, we talk about Moon's mailbag. And the only mailbag question that I had today is a good one because I can make a case for a lot of players to be in this spot. The question of the day becomes, who is a player that the general public is high on, but you believe is most likely to break hearts? The tricky part of this is that the general public is high on because I can name a lot of players that I feel like is going to break people's hearts. But everybody might not be high on that player. But the general public is high on, but you believe it's going to break hearts. There's a couple of guys that I'm interested in, and I'll just tell you straight like this. This guy that I'm about to talk about now is being the first wide receiver taking it off the board. And his stat line is impressive, especially last year. We racked up 15 total, 15 receiving touchdowns, and he had two rushing touchdowns to add to it. So that's 17 total touchdowns, 1,276 yards. He had 87 receptions on 135 targets, and it's like, whoa, he had 135? Well, that's not even his most targets in his career because he had 137 in 2019. Well, my bad, 2018, where he had 12 touchdowns. So basically what it means is that 
anytime this player gets over 100 and 130 targets, he's getting about 12 or more touchdowns. But he had 15 touchdowns last year. How hard is it going to be to duplicate that performance? And I get Sammy Watkins is not there no more. I get it. Like, I get it. So it seems like, okay, well, targets open up. But is the offense still going to be the same? Especially since Kansas City got exposed in the Super Bowl. Don't think that NFL in the offseason is going to is a slouch and people are not preparing, especially when they see Kansas City on their schedule, who has a brutal schedule. Anybody in the AFC West is, is has a brutal schedule, to be honest, if we're keeping it a whole buck. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers exposed something, a wrinkle, in how to stop this offense and how to limit them. And if you look at the makeup of the teams in their division, besides maybe the Raiders defense, who I do not trust and I don't think I will trust, it's like that's the recipe they have the recipe to get after it, and that's just the division games that's not even talking about who's playing outside the division am i high on the chiefs this year not as much as i have been in other recent years just because i think that the afc as a whole is just like thick with competition it's not it's not the same stratosphere over in the nfc I understand that there's a few type dogs in the NFC that's all vouching to try to take that next step over, but there seems that have arrived in the AFC. And at the top, if you just mention the AFC North alone and taking out the Bengals, all of them teams have a chance to make it. All of the teams in the AFC West look have a chance to make it to the playoffs. We talk about seven spots up for grabs in a 17-game season. Wear and tear. I'm not trusting Tyreek Hill at the number one wide receiver taking off of the board because I don't think that that touchdown it, that touchdowns that he had last year 17 total is going to be duplicated this year and I think that he's not the number one wide receiver even though even though he's playing on probably one of the most high power offenses but I think that Kansas City is going to get run for their money for a lot of these offenses in the league I got Stephon Diggs ranked higher than Tyreek Hill. Aaron Rodgers plays, Devontae Adams, and even if Aaron, um, Aaron Rodgers didn't play, Devontae Adams will still kind of be very high on my list. But Nuke Hopkins for Colin Murray, I think he's going to finish as the number one wide receiver, but I'll drop my rankings in the episode in the, in the near future, right around the time preseason football starts. I could even make cases for Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, for example, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas for challenging that. I can even say Terry McLaurin if I was really feeling great about myself. But the case still remains that it, are you going to have that many touchdowns and, and are they going to come that easy, especially when your last sight that we saw you, your offense was getting exposed. So we'll, we'll have to see about that. But that's the number one person on my list that I am going to say that he's he's bound to disappoint you and break your heart this year. And I know he was great for you last year, but at least see a lot of people that's high on him. A lot of people that's high. He'll be the guy I'm going with. And that is Moon Vibes Mailbag on another glorious day. Appreciate the submissions. And if you want to submit a question, make sure you hit me up at FFMoonVibes on Twitter. And you can have a chance to be featured on the show. This is Fantasy Vibes.
Coming up on Fantasy Vibes, we talk about some quarterbacks. But before I do that, we get into the meat and bones of the show, where I call it the main course. So let me sit up. Let me get myself together. <laughs> let me adjust my seating. <clears throat> let me clear my throat. And let's get straight into it. Because today, we're going to talk about quarterbacks and not really a lot in a lot of detail, but I'm going to give you something that I think not a lot of people are talking about. A lot of people throw out stats and stuff to you, but they don't really tell you which stats that you're supposed to be looking for, for which positions and which stats matter the most. So what I'm going to do is break down some of these stats that I'm looking for this season in different positions to show you what you need to be looking for as well, based on the uh, position and how they correlate these stats correlate to PPR fantasy points, points per reception, fantasy points, for example. Now, when you talk about stats that actually matter, we can go down the list. If we talk about quarterbacks, the stats that don't matter, interceptable passes a game, very weak. Red zone completion percentage, ADI, average depth of target, pressure completion percentage, protection rate, accuracy rating, interceptions. People want to even throw their age in there. Drop passes. Completion percentage. Did I already say that one? Red zone touchdowns. All of these are not that high on correlation when it comes to fantasy points. The things that really matter in fantasy football when it comes to the quarterback position is passing touchdowns, passing yards. Passing touchdowns is about 88% of fantasy points. Passing yards, about 82%. Red zone, uh, red zone attempts, about 74%. Completed air yards, 80%. Total air yards, 73%. Deep ball attempts, 71%. Money throws. And passing attempts. These are pretty much the volume stats that I'm looking at when it comes to quarterbacks. Now, the thing is, your league scoring has a lot to do with this too, so don't, don't get me wrong. Every league is different. Unless you're playing on like ESPN where the scoring settings are all the same. But a lot of us play on different variety of different leagues with a, di a, lot, a lot of different formats. So this is valuable and this is important. But if you're playing in a PPR format, stats like passing touchdowns, rushing yards, receptions, they're all going to be a part of the scoring setting for most leagues. So if you look at that, it makes sense. When you're looking at players, you should be targeting those that are performing well in these areas. And we have to also understand that all fantasy players are not going to be able to do that, perform well in those areas. But those that do, you got to understand. So for you to understand deeper, let me go deeper into the back and talk to you about something that you need to know. Because as they say, I know you come across a fun phrase, volume is king. And if we break that down to its simplest form, what it means is that you want your fantasy players to have the ball in their hands as much as possible. The things that you can break it down into is really two categories. You can talk about volume stats. You can talk about efficiency stats. Volume stats is like targets. How often the ball is thrown to a, per a player. How often the player catches the ball. Something like receptions. How many times did the player rush with the ball? Attempts. Rushing attempts. Whereas they're talking about the total performance of the player or the role that that player has in the game. 
of the game flow. Then you have the other side of it, which is efficiency stats, which you can decipher those based on the percentages or if they use the term per in it. That's a key indicator. They're usually expressed as rates or percentages. And let's just be real. You can be like, let me put it to you in the best way. While it is very important, extremely important to be a player that's great with the ball in your hands, it doesn't even matter about your <laughs> your efficiency if you're not getting the opportunity to have the ball in the first place, which is volume. So this is where we start talking about some of the stats that matter to me the most. And we'll start with the quarterback position. The thing that <laughs> sticks out to me when it comes to quarterbacks is air yards, completed air yards. It's abbreviated as C-A-Y. Remember that because it contributes to about 80% correlation to PPR fantasy points, points per, points per reception. Now, a completed air receiver air yard is measured by the number of yards that the ball travels in the air from the point that it leaves the quarterback's hands to the point that it's caught by the receiver, the running back, or the tight end. Now, we don't include the yards that the receiver does after that point, after he catches it. It's just counting the air yards, how long the ball is included in the air. So, when we look at this stat, okay, Moon Vibes, tell me more. This stat matters because it can help you target quarterbacks that are completing the ball at a higher rate. If you talk about a high total of completed air yards, then that means that a quarterback is more willing or just simply more likely to be completing passes further down the field, which means more fantasy points for you. Perfect example is the difference between a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger last year and a quarterback like Deshaun Watson last year. That is a complete difference in air yards, but I'll talk about that in a second. When we talk about throwing the ball down the field, we have to also mention short passes, which is high percentage passes, screens, uh, drag routes, things that are get the ball out quick, especially if you don't have a great offensive line. It means that this is a great thing because it, it means in a nutshell, that you have a player with a lot of volume or opportunity because the quarterback is passing the ball more. The more attempts that you have, the more volume that you have. So that's more chances for you to score points. But the shorter passes lower the risk of those potential negative points for interceptions. So the quarterback's interception numbers will be down. However, their air yards will be down too. So, perfect example. If we talk about 2019, we talk about the overall stat rank for completed air yards. Number one was Jameis Winston. But his finish in PPR points in fantasy that year for 2019 was QB5. Dak Prescott came in second. He was the number two quarterback in air yards, completed air yards. And he finished as the number two quarterback in PPR points in overall. Matt Ryan came in 
third with completed air yards. And uh, he finished his QB 11. That was 2019. To give you more context, back in 2018, Matt Ryan finished his QB number one in air completed air yards. And he finished in PPR points total as QB number two. You remember Andrew Luck before he retired? He finished his QB number two in completed air yards. And he finished his QB number five in PPR points ranking for that season. And you remember back when Jared Goff was actually good? Yeah, with the Los Angeles Rams? Yeah, that Jared Goff. He finished his wide uh, quarterback number three in completed air yards that year. And he finished his QB number seven in total air yards. I mean, in uh, PPR points that year. So that is how the stats work. But to give you more context for it, because I did some more research, the leaders in completed air yards last year was Matt Ryan of my Atlanta Falcons at the age of 35. So clearly age doesn't have anything to do with it. But his completed, he had 50, <laughs> 45, 81, 4,581 yards passing. Like what? Yes, he did. His completed air yards per pass attempt was about 4.7. Other players that's in that range are Ryan Tannehill at 4.8. 4.7 also was Josh Allen. Coming at 4.6 was Tom Brady at complete completed air yards per pass attempt. So then we look at the total air yards. Matt Ryan led the entire league with 2,939 uh, uh, completed air yards. So like I said before, that's the amount of yards that it takes from a quarterback. If the ball leaves the quarterback's hands to when the receiver, the running back, or the tight end catches it. That's the number of yards. Matt Ryan led the entire league. Tom Brady was second, <laughs> which is crazy. Now, if I look at it again, guess who's at the bottom? And that's a quarterback. The last quarterback, I mean, I mean of el eligible quarterbacks as well. Yeah, I mean eligible. Like, I'm not talking about guys that's not playing. I'm talking about eligible quarterbacks. And I'm not going to count people that wasn't wasn't playing like a Tyrod Taylor, for example. I'm not going to count him because he didn't have a chance to really do anything um, in the season. But a quarterback like Jimmy G had a 382 air yards. Um, Taysom Hill, who gives a lot of talk, he only had 556 air yards and eight games started. That's crazy. We talk about it even more. Jalen Hurts is going high, high in his games. He had a thousand yards passing, one thousand sixty-one yards passing, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, and he finished with Jalen, 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 five hundred ninety-three air yards. So half of his yards came from air yards, and it's crazy to think about. Really, let's talk about a quarterback that's actually a little bit more popping. Um, Cam Newton, he had 1,393 air yards out of 2,600. It's actually not that bad. And then we get up further. Lamar Jackson was getting a lot of buzz. He had a <laughs> he had a 6.6 .6 completed air yards per pass attempt. Lamar Jackson, that is. And he had 1,588 air yards, completed air yards. But in the top 10... Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, who nobody wants to talk about. Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson, who nobody wants to talk about. <laughs> Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford. Yes, Matt Stafford. 
Kirk Cousins. Yes, Kirk Cousins. And Ryan Tannehill. That's the top nine. K1, Kyler Murray, Baker, which is surprising because you're like, well, Baker didn't have a lot of pass attempts. He had 3,563 30, 3, passing yards, but he had 2,200 completed air yards. It's quite a bit. But you know who's number at 14? Aaron Rodgers. Out of his 4,299 yards, which is basically 4,300 4, yards, he had 2,051 completed air yards with the average of 5.5 completed air yards per completion, meaning that they were getting out the ball fast in his hands and letting the receivers do a lot of work. This is why that stat matters. This is why. Air yards. Remember it. It's important. So now, when I get back to the things that you need to look at, I mentioned a nice stat. Back in 2017, Tom Brady finished number one in completed air yards. He finished number three in PPR point scoring for, for quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, QB number two in completed air yards, and he finishes QB number one. Ben Roethlisberger finishes QB number three and he fin- uh, in completed air yards and finishes QB number 10 in PPR points and scoring. As you can see, I'm laying the blueprint out for you to show you what you should be looking for in these quarterbacks for this year. The next stat that needs to be talked about, and I might have to break it down a little bit more, is red zone attempts. Red zone attempts equal about 74% correlation to PPR fantasy points for quarterbacks. If you don't know what the red zone is, I call it the green zone. But it's the area where the team is getting closer and closer to the end zone and they're increasing their opportunity to score points for you. And that equals when they enter around the 20 yard line uh, from the 20 yard line to the end zone. Usually where you see the team's colors in, in that part for those that are not really familiar with football. But as you know, over the last five seasons, quarterbacks could expect to throw a touchdown pass on about 23 23% of their pass attempts or about every 4.3 attempts from within the red zone. That's a lot. But then when you take into account that rate plummeting to every 1.6% of throws or every 62.1 pass attempts between the opponent's 21-yard line and the team's own one, you see how important red zone attempts start to become. That's a big gap. And in layman's terms, what does this mean, Moon Vibes? It means that you want quarterbacks that are visiting the green or the red zone inside the 20s on the field the most because they have the chance to capitalize on that, their opportunity to actually put up points and get touchdowns for you. This is why it matters. <laughs> the top performers in red zone uh red zone attempts. This is red zone attempts we're talking about. 2019, number one, Tom Brady. He was number one in red zone attempts. He finished as QB number 12. Russell Wilson was QB number two. He finished as QB number three in fantasy PPR points in fantasy. Matt Ryan was number three in red zone attempts and finishes QB number 11. You want to go to deeper? Well, Patrick Mahomes finishes QB number one in 2028 
as PPR scoring and for red zone attempts. Jared Goff was QB number two in red zone attempts and equaled QB number seven for overall PPR scoring. And Andrew Luck, the glory days, one of the most respectful dudes you can ever meet or ever hope to meet. He finishes QB number three in red zone attempts and he had a QB five finish in PPR scoring. This is why it is important. But to give you more context, because you're probably like, all right, I'm still not so. Why? Why is it? Why is it important? We want quarterbacks to be efficient, right? So completion percentage, touchdowns, interceptions will, you know, break that all the way down. The completion percentages usually get higher as you get closer to the end zone because it's less yards for the ball to travel. But coverages are usually tighter down on that window. And you can see how much the volume actually changes in the red zone as well. Now, when it comes to passion efficiency, for example, we got the volume, like I mentioned, the volume stats, and then you got the efficiency stats. Red zone attempts is a volume stat. We talk about volume. If we looked at 2020, Russell Wilson was the leader in red zone touchdowns, and he had 25 touchdowns through the air on 89 attempts. <laughs> so out of the 40 touchdowns that Russell Wilson had, 25 of those touchdowns came on 89 attempts in the red zone. He only completed 49% of his passes in the red zone, which is not great. But when you get in that volume, it doesn't really matter how efficient as you are if you get a ton of volume. Now, when you talk about a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, Lamar Jackson had 29 fewer attempts than Russell Wilson and had 24 passing touchdowns and completed actually a higher percentage of his passes than Russell Wilson at 63% in the red zone. <laughs> It's crazy to think about what you need to know out of everything that I just said is if you're getting a reduced amount of attempts, you have to be more efficient with that because you're not getting the volume. So you have to maximize on opportunity. But if you are getting the volume like Russell Wilson was last year, it doesn't matter how efficient you really are. And that's really the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's just go a little bit deeper because I really want you to, I really wanted to hit home. We talk about, oh, well, you got to mention sample size. And where that is, it's always SSX tricky when it comes to football, especially when it comes to quarterbacks who are getting into the end zone and not finding the end zone often. You, you talk about positive regression and negative regression and how that works. That's the reason why they're important in this situation. Think about this. Kyler Murray in his rookie season, he ranked inside the top eight for passing attempts in the red zone. So he finished in the top eight in red zone attempts, but he only had 12 touchdowns. So he was not efficient with the amount of volume that he had. In that offense, we see the running back getting a lot of touchdowns. So... It should level the playing field out a little bit more. But that is just some examples for you. If we go even deeper, we can give more examples and say that Patrick Mahomes only had 11 touchdowns inside the red zone last year. 
And you could chalk that up to a number of different reasons that Patrick Mahomes missed a few games. The Chiefs scored plenty of touchdowns outside the red zone because Patrick Mahomes put up 26 touchdowns. But less than half of those touchdowns came in the red zone. And when you look at it, quarterbacks that rank high inside the passing, uh, rank high with passing, red zone passing attempts, red zone attempts, as I would say, but that are sitting with a low amount of touchdowns, they have a chance to regress when it comes to those attempts because the volume can come down. And we start to see those extremes come down a little bit. And that's another reason why I feel like Tyreek Hill is a candidate for to butt them, not to really bust, but not to live up to that number one hype next year. And we can just we can just chalk it up with the GOAT, right? The people's GOAT, not my GOAT, but the people's GOAT, Tom Brady. Tom only completed 42% of his passes inside the 10-yard line last year. And you look at that, you hear that stat, and you're like, what? Like, that's that's not Brady-like. That's not Tom. But when you talk about the receiving core and the changes that they had to make and the tight end options that were available to him last year, those had to deal with the fact that he wasn't as efficient in the red zone with those attempts. So... When we look at it this year, he's like, dang, he put up 40 plus last year, but he only had, he only completed 42% inside the 10 yard line. That tells me that we can expect a positive regression and he's going to be more accurate in the, in the side, the 10 yard line next year. This is what I can take away from it. So red zone passing stats are the stats like touchdowns, passing attempts, pass completions, interceptions, and completion percentages while inside the opponent's 20-yard line or the red zone. If we talk about who had the highest red zone completion percentage in the league, that was Ryan Tannehill. Inside the red zone, he completed 26 to 37 passes, which is about right around 70%. And the Titans last year had excellent red zone numbers. Excellent. Do you know who had the most passing yards in the red zone? Russell Wilson, actually, with 360 passing yards. So he, Russell Wilson, basically visited the red zone a lot. And he ranked in the top three in passing attempts inside the 20-yard line for of opposing teams. But he just completed under 50% of his pass uh, passes in the red zone with those red zone attempts. So at the end of the day, it wasn't about efficiency for Russ. It was just about the fact that he's getting a lot of volume. So those are the two most important stats that I feel like for quarterbacks as we get into this season and things that you need to look out for. Completed air yards and red zone attempts. I understand that there's other ones that matter, but those two are the ones that stick out to me the most besides passing touchdowns and passing yards. Those are givens, right? Those are what you can expect. But if you're doing deep diving, you need to, you have to decide which quarterback to pick. Do I pick this guy or this guy? Let the differentiating factor or the separator be who has a com- higher completed air yards? Who has the higher red zone attempts? Who has the to- higher total air yards? Who pushes the ball down the field further? Who has the most deep ball attempts? Before you start talking about, well, this quarterback is old, so I'm not going to trust him. <laughs> or his receivers can't get open because they got target. His target separation numbers is down. Or my old line is not protecting him. <laughs> or average depth of target, like they say. 
and this is not to troll anybody this is just to say what type of things people use they use stats all the time but a lot of times i wonder are we really being honest with how those stats affect us as a whole in fantasy and what do we need to be looking for coming up in other episodes i'm gonna talk about all the positions running backs statistics wide receiver statistics tight end statistics and how we can use those numbers to break it down to show you what you need to be worried about and the things stats that you need to be taking into account this year when it comes to fantasy because the more you know the more that you grow and a lot of people simply just don't know about these stats now your league score matters like i said early earlier and you want to you want to you want to have the volume right but if you never get an opportunity to have the ball in your hand it don't matter how much <laughs> it don't matter how efficient how efficient you are you're not getting no volume it doesn't matter for, it doesn't matter about some of these things and i'm gonna really dissect some myths about the positions that we get into especially with wide receivers because apparently People love to talk about drops and drops and drops and drops and oh this this uh wide receiver dropped the ball and drop percentage is like by far one of the weakest things that you could use as a stat line to to imply what a receiver is gonna do for the next year. It's weak. Let's just be honest. So is target percentage. It's weak. But I'ma dissect that for you on fantasy vibes. Cause here we tell you what you know because we want you to win your fantasy leagues and we want you to dominate while doing it. But we also want you to think differently because that's the goal of this podcast, to make you think differently about things that you normally wouldn't do. That is the goal. And hopefully we are accomplishing that. We come to another end of the episode. And man, I will say that it's been a pleasure talking about a little bit of these stats for you. I'm not the biggest stat guy, but I look for stats that actually matter to me. Because everybody can spew out numbers, but not really that many people can tell you why these stats are important to you. So on this episode, I wanted to showcase why the quarterback position was of value and what stats actually matter for the quarterback position and what you should be looking for in your drafts. So keep mock drafting it up. Keep joining leagues and keep taking chances on quarterbacks based on what you want to take chances on. And dare to be different, as I say. Dare to think different. As we come to the end of another episode, I want you to know that I appreciate everybody that listens, share you. Shout out to the listeners, man. Y'all make this podcast what it is. I know I'm giving y'all this content and I know that this work is dope. But at the same time, if it's falling on deaf ears, what does it really mean? Right. So thank you. I want to give you thanks and tell you that if you're loving this vibes, you're loving the fantasy vibes, you're loving the podcast, make sure you leave a review. It's greatly appreciated and it helps the podcast a lot and share it with somebody that you love. You never know who you can end up blessing. You never know who you can end up converting into a fantasy football fanatic because it's a goal. We're trying to make more of us out here, right? <laughs> Got to get everybody to try to win a championship. <laughs> but for your host, Moon Vibes, we talked about a lot. We talked about mental health. We talked about Dar Damian Harris getting that surefire number one uh, position on the depth chart. <laughs> We talked about the Jacksonville running back situation. We talked about player that I'm not really high on. We talked about quarterbacks. We talked about a little bit, a bit of everything. Well, not everything, but she'll get everything over the next eight months because 
You have to know this. I'm an analyst. I'm not an expert. <laughs> to know this. <laughs> Another episode in the books. I hope you have a great day. Hope you're protecting your mentals. And before we get out of here, ask yourself. Say self. Yourself said, hmm? <laughs> How you doing today? Because I know I'm doing good. And you should be too. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your week. Positive vibes only. And until next time, I am the ultimate and the waviest space cadet. And I'm signing off and sending you off into your morning, your night, your afternoon, or wherever you're listening to this from. Make sure you share this podcast with somebody you love. And I'll see you on the other side. This is Fantasy Vibes. Exclusively presented by Real Ones Productions. Hey, Craig, you can leave now, my guy. I think we done here. <laughs> Craig, you don't want to leave? Why you not leave? Oh, you want to stay? Ha <laughs>